Hey sis! From coast to coast, we're bridging the gap between the cisgender and transgender community, creating meaningful dialogue and space to learn and grow. Join us as we connect with our community, break down tough conversations, and get comfortable being better humans. The Hey Sis podcast is proudly brought to you by TD Bank Group. Welcome to the year end of Hey Sis podcast. Not the end of the season, but this is our December episode. And if you are watching and not listening, you will see that one of us has spirit and has shown. <laughs> oh, and the rest of us don't. Yeah. <laughs> um your mug of your mug of christmas cheer and whatever that may be and uh but we'll expect you next week in an ugly christmas sweater (laughs) for those that are listening and not watching we'll put a little screenshot in because i'm good at doing sneaky screenshots but we are we have got like the best zoom background right now we are sitting on a chairlift heading up to the top of some mountain somewhere it's not in thailand where emma is at the moment um you'll, you'll see emma's not dressed for the weather according to the background on zoom but um this is this is my thai christmas sweater <laughs> so we've got emma stanley and Isaac Cook and Sin Sweeney joining us here for episode. Where are we at now, Isaac? Where what number are we at with? We've been we've season three. Like who knew back in 2020 when we started out, we would all be sitting on this lovely chairlift recording an episode <laughs> with our mug of whiskey soda, um, celebrating December. We are on episode 35 pretty wild though eh it is considering volunteer based for two seasons we're just doing it kind of once a month and we amp it up when we can to do more than once a month but you know when it's volunteer based it's you got to do what you can do and now that we've got uh our wonderful partnership happening this season with td we're able to do a little bit more which is really exciting well so this is great we have uh, we have a lot to talk about so um who wants to who wants to kick it off we're celebrating our year end and everything that we've been able to do with all of you out there in the community and at Simply Good Form with uh, some pretty amazing clients and programming that we've kicked off and a few award nominations along the way. I want to know about the podcast. Tell me, tell me what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's grown exponentially. Like this has been such kind of to go back to what Sin was saying when we first started this in 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. I was about to say 2021. I was like, no, it definitely wasn't last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much, uh, as people who've been following the podcast up until now kind of know that this was essentially a space that we wanted to create for uh, cisgender, um, straight individuals who are interested in learning more about the experiences of trans, non-binary, and 2S LGBTQ plus people, um, in particular during COVID, because we didn't have spaces in person where we could meet anymore. And I, and we, Cynthia and I kind of found that a lot of the online spaces through zoom were a little too intimate. Um, and it was difficult for individuals to air concerns or talk about problems or celebrate successes. Um, so that's why we started the podcast and to no degree did we expect it to kind of grow and bloom into what it is today um I've had people approach me at conferences to say you do you do a podcast and I was like oh no I'm becoming that person oh um, but uh, Move over Seth been... Rogen. yeah oh, 
kidding. Just kidding. But it's no, been, maybe not. It's been <laughs> in, insane though to to kind of have this because I, I in particular always kind of side eyed podcasts. Like everyone has a podcast these days. It's just kind of a niche thing people do. Um, but to hear actual trans non-binary queer people say you know being on your podcast has helped elevate my voice helped elevate my experience has allowed me to have the opportunity to become more comfortable expressing things um that to me is the real success um and I could go off for Mm -hmm. hours about numbers you know followers downloads things like that um but I think I think as I said for me the biggest thing is just being able to, to tell those stories that there might not be other platforms for people to tell those stories in a safe manner. Um, so that's what, what's made me really very fortunate. And, and connecting people, I think has been like, really like, it's been so enriching and I've learned so much about, you know, not only like the queer community, but the experiences and really cool things that people are doing. Um, but like even the link of say, we had a, a parent who attended our Nova Scotia parents and caregivers of trans and gender expansive youth. And they were going to be taking a holiday across the border. They were nervous about, you know, what do we, what does that look like with regards to documentation when you have a young child who might just blurt out at the border, you know, that they're, uh, their gender identity uh, doesn't align with their sex assigned at birth. And so I asked Emma, we had a conversation about it and we made two episodes about it. And, you know, they wrote back in afterwards, just saying, thanks so much for making it a conversation, not only helping me, but, you know, helping other parents or, or, or anyone, you know, cause Emma was able to speak about your experiences traveling worldwide as a trans person and your, you know, your very sort of colorful border experiences that you've, uh, <laughs> Love crossing so borders. <laughs> You're going to be hitting the border. I hardly ever get arrested. <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably the first time I've told a story like that, uh, for like more than just friends that I'm drinking with, honestly. Um, and that was, uh, it was, surprising how much it changed the experience of it and and knowing that it was getting to a wider audience and that it was being used for something other than let's be real entertainment um and yeah that was uh, it was meaningful um it made me feel like my story might actually or that experience which was as much as I laugh about it, kind of awful, uh, might actually help somebody. And that was very cool. And I, and I think just to jump in really quickly, a lot of the conversations that we're having, and in particular that one, you know, about the border are questions that a lot of people have, but there aren't spaces to have those engaging conversations um, because you never know the validity of people talking on forums. You never know the validity of, you know, yeah. someone on a YouTube live stream, just randomly talking about it um, or anything like that. Like it's, or even TikTok, you know, you never know what's real and what's, what's fake or just used to dramatize a situation. So it's very, it's very interesting to be able to host a platform where people can answer a lot of these burning questions, especially for youth who are members of the or for queer youth who are part of the community where typically there's not a lot of resources directed at them and also um with helping like within the community the trans non-binary community thinking about traveling 
you know, I was only talking about this in a workshop that uh, Simply Good Form delivered on Friday uh, about, you know, how, well, lots of people are looking at those Black Friday sales taking off for some winter sun come January, February, March. A lot of people just don't, they don't think about as cisgender communities, like how many countries, I think there might be 70 that are Blacklisted right now for members of the 2SLGB2 a Q plus community that they, you know, you can't travel to, you know, you can't just hop on a plane, let alone just getting through borders and the logistics of your name and your passport and all of that. But just, you know, they're on kind of that no go zone or, or rec like sort of warning. If you go there, we might not be able to protect you as a Canadian embassy. So um, I think raising that awareness with cisgender community helps to kind of create that, uh, that connection that, you know, we take for granted as cis people, there's so many things we don't have to think about. Um, and I hopefully make, hopefully I think it makes us a little bit more human and recognizing that the human experience is different based on, you know, and impacted based on the intersections of your identity. Was that really boring? Was that like just too educational for you this morning? Or just <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I just like we're, really... uh, I was just gonna say we're recording this on a Monday, so uh, <laughs> we're we're kickstarting the day with uh, with a nice session. So mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and I you know I love the episodes that we've had also talking about the intersections of ableism with um, with Rochelle Manette, um, who and Andrew Gerza, you know, and I, that was a huge learning for me too. Just the whole. Um, idea of, you know, the layers of your trans and um, you have um, a disability or you have a barrier, you know, in some ways uh, and how sometimes lacking that agency over yourself, um, it can be, you know, just create so many barriers for your human experience and your ability to thrive. And so those episodes that we did this year were really some of my favorites. Did you have yeah. a favorite, Isaac? <sighs> This year, I think mm -hmm. I really loved the episode with with Andrew, um, all about ableism and such. Um, I I felt like I learned immensely from that, but also the episode that we did mo more recently with Cassidy uh, Bernard. Um, I, I mean, as everyone knows, I love language, so learning more about you know language usage, um, their experiences navigating, uh all the barriers that exist within you know Mi'kma'ki um was was very insightful and as I said like not a lot of people talk about this stuff mm -hmm. um so it's nice to have that platform to to do it Hey Sis is all about connecting communities and thanks to support from TD Bank Group here is this episode's connected community moment yeah, so we are, as part of this holiday cheer episode, um, we are going to be putting a little list of some of our three, like I think three each, we're going to create a little playlist and link to it on uh, Spotify of some queer holiday cheer music, um, and maybe also reach out to um, some of our local favorites to get their uh, top uh, their top list of new books that have come out uh, for tweens and teens, uh, queer reading, uh, fiction and nonfiction. So once you tune in here, you can click the link in the show notes and head over to the blog and um, and have some more fun if you're looking for some music and some reading over the holidays. This has been a Hey Sis and TD Bank Group Connected Communities moment because inclusion matters. Um, but I want to segue a little bit 
back over to to Emma um, as Cindy referenced thriving um, yeah. to those who Taught don't that. know um, <laughs> Simply Good Form is currently running a program uh, called Thrive um, in partnership with the Mental Health Association of Nova Scotia and Nova Scotia Power is there anyone I'm missing on that list? They oh, were we have our main supporters. Number. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then countless organizations, initiatives um, all across Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada. Um, but I'll kind of pass it over to to Emma maybe to, to give a better explanation about the program and, and how things are going. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love being put on the spot. It's my favorite. Um, Thrive is our attempt to give some stability uh, and, and a sense of community to a group that may not really have access to that right now. So Thrive is uh, for queer youth in Nova Scotia. It's aimed at uh, 16 to, I think, 24. And over the course of COVID, queer youth have really not been able to do a lot of the extracurriculars and networking that would normally uh, get you a job and increase the stability of your life. Now we're talking about a group of people for whom stability is is in short supply. Um, the rates of homelessness for trans youth are abysmal. And so uh, what we're trying to do is get people employed, but also teach them how to vet employers to make sure that they're going to be working somewhere safe and teach them how to connect with communities once they are out of high school and they lose access to that favorite teacher or that guidance counselor or there's those best friends um, so that they don't feel so isolated uh, in a place where the population is frankly quite low. Isolation is a real problem in Nova Scotia and so Thrive is our way of trying to address that. And I've got to say we just wrapped on the first run of it and it went just wonderfully. It was awesome. Um, it was a bit of a beta test. We're looking at the program and we're making some tweaks now, but we got some wonderful feedback. We've got like these incredible participants from both sides of the camera, like the guest interviews that we were doing with local businesses, but the participants themselves, uh, everybody has been amazing um, about working with us and helping us to improve uh, the program. But But just the sheer joy of watching a student who has gone through the program and I've seen their work from the beginning and I've seen their work at the end and they have noticeably improved inside of a month for a couple hours a week was an incredible feeling. Yeah, it's it's been it's been really amazing to watch and like the work that Emma has like creating um, the lessons and like breaking down the weeks on how we started, you know, off with uh, resume development skills and then how like shining as your shining, like learning to shine your light, basically, like looking at simple things you might take for granted that you like to do. And, um, you know, realizing that, you know, those are worth highlighting and how do you highlight them right down to like your presentation skills and then diving into the interview process. And um, Emma's created an amazing, uh, an amazing program. And we had participants between the ages of, I think, uh, well, we had from grade 11, um, right up until early 20s. But 
as we said, the program will be running again uh, and is open to uh, 16 to 25 year olds uh, from anywhere in Nova Scotia. And we look forward to expanding that eventually as well. Um, and we're hoping to run it again this winter and, and continue to grow it. But uh, like you said, with the participants, um, it sounds like, you know, also with our partners uh, with Nova Scotia Power participating in the interview panel, I know they just, you know, they gave up their time volunteer based and found the experience so enriching just being able to help give a light bulb uh, to participants on what a panel interview looks like and uh, real feedback in a you know, in a safe environment on how, you know, you can elevate that things that you're rocking and doing amazing um, that, you know, essentially these are skills you just, they're, they're hard to acquire. So we're, you know, it's pretty nice that we're able to connect with them in that way. All of them. I think the thing about Thrive that surprised me the most was how, so we started the program and we decided fairly early on that we were going to interview local businesses because I, I really wanted to give the, the, the participants this very realistic approach rather than me talking about what I think local businesses want. We actually went to them, asked them questions and posted those videos for students to watch. So when they're watching them, they are getting a, a very realistic view on what employment is like in Nova Scotia. And what came out of that was because we had a number of participants who were themselves part of the 2SLGBTQ plus community, um, we ended up with this wonderful representation of <laughs> honestly just ordinary people with ordinary jobs living their lives uh, as openly queer people. And uh, the comments that I've gotten back on that, not just from uh, the participants, but the production crew of how amazing it was to just see people safely and openly living their lives with no drama, no, no, it's, it's not the Hollywood approach. They, they didn't overcome anything unusual or certainly nothing unusual to the queer community, but they're just living their lives in a drama-free way. And I think that might be sort of the representation that we're missing in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, we have these stories of great triumph and great tragedy, but we don't have uh, a view of people who are, are just peacefully living their, their lives out without having to hide any part of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to jump in on that too, because I think that's so desperately what we need in, in media. And media always tends to dramatize what is actually going on on the ground. Um, mm -hmm. But for, especially for young queer individuals looking to embark on the wild journey of a career, um, <laughs> there's always this fear and hesitation that, that pre-exists even before you start to dip your toes into you know looking for a place of employment or anything like that because all we talk about and all you hear about is discrimination in the workplace violence in the workplace things like that for queer individuals and absolutely 110 percent that exists and I mean personally I've experienced it but there are organizations out there where that isn't tolerated and we need to become as queer individuals, you need to recognize 
those organizations that do have strong policies against these sort of things. Um, so that, to your point exactly, Emma, that queer people have a role in also vetting the organization that they're going to be joining um, so that they can ask very clearly and confidently during that interview process. Um, because when you do an interview, it's not just an interviewee interviewing you, it's also the opportunity to do vice versa. So for individuals, even non-queer people to, to feel confident asking, you know, what are your anti-discrimination policies? What is the accessibility in your location? Is it required for me to go into work every single day? Like what, what are your flexibility on that? Um, things of that sort, uh, because so often we, we just get in the mindset that like, it is the way it is. And if you, <laughs> yeah. if you don't like it, then you have to leave. But you know, if you're actually passionate about the workplace and the work that you want to be doing there, like you should have the ability to have open dialogue with your employers. And I think that's, what's really powerful about this program is that it's not only teaching individuals the skills that they need uh, to do great work. It's teaching them to have the confidence to challenge when it's not a great environment or they're not able to do that great work. Mm -hmm. And to see sometimes below the surface what's going on within some of these larger corporations and that like I, you know, I was surprised about, you know, learning about these ERGs, the employee resource groups within different companies. And, and I would imagine that some, you know, young like queer people first looking out to job seek might not know that they exist either. But there's this whole group of community sometimes working behind the scenes within a company to ensure that they're being, you know, inclusive and voices are heard and, and elevating new policies and 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 all of that and I think that that is is really important and knowing that like what we're able to do with Thrive which I hadn't foreseen was that if we have somebody come in and and they are directly linked to a particular industry that they're interested in we can help find um, those employers that are aligned and then bring them into the program um, do an interview with them ask them their hiring processes what do they do to protect their employees and then potentially you know see if they want to get involved in a panel interview so that we're actually connecting uh, the participants with, uh, you know, that area or field that they might be interested in uh, right off the bat, which I think is just more than what you can get out of any career fair, you know, where you're trying to source a whole bunch of jobs really quick. We're actually connecting you um, with people that are, yeah, are living it on the ground, uh, queer people that are working within these organizations. And uh, I just quickly wanted to, as well, in case anyone is interested in learning more about the Thrive program, you can visit our website at simplygoodform.ca slash bb4-thrive-queer-careers. And you can learn much more information about the program and register for the upcoming uh, session cohort. I'm not too sure what we're calling it. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> party! There. Yeah. Um, but I guess <laughs> the February party. Uh, I'll just throw in like quickly, like what it is, is like, so queer, um, thrive, queer careers and resiliency. It's a four week online program, you know, where you're working through at your own pace, but you have a certain amount of things to get through each week. And then there's open office hours where you can connect with Emma or myself through, we use Slack, which is a really great way that the participants can communicate with themselves or ask us questions or just hop on a huddle, which is like a video conference or an audio conference. 
Um, so we're really like, we wanted it to be reflexive, to be able to like work within uh, people's really busy schedules. And then uh, it ends with a mock interview, uh, which is a really great way of being able to put all the skills you learn throughout those four weeks uh, to, uh, you know, into a, like a 15 minute interview. And then we do a big great wrap up. We give you detailed feedback, a letter of reference based on your participation. And then I want to do a shout out to um, those who have donated to a gift pack that each participant is going to be receiving from uh, Lush, from Mac Cosmetics, uh, from the Halifax Shopping Center, and also from some uh, Tattletales, a local bookstore that has donated some buttons as well. And so everyone that participates also gets a little, a little thank you from us uh, for your time and uh, your input to help us shape it and make it better and that'll be up to you Isaac to do lots of social media on it this month um, <laughs> doing a shout out to like all the great people that did participate behind the scenes because there was a lot including gender affirming care Nova Scotia pride yeah. Lunenburg uh, and then we had you know corporates uh, such as cycle Smith and uh, shift ed Academy uh, with Tisha Parker Kemp and who else did we have in there? We had so many. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it is a long yeah. list. And, and we had some really good people come in, just uh, not businesses, not just sort of representative uh, people in the queer community who uh, just wanted to give some advice on, on how to calm down during an interview, how to ask the right questions. Uh, one of the pieces I loved just had some tips on reading body language and like how uncomfortable are you making your interviewer when you mention mm. uh, who you really are. And uh, I, I thought that was lovely and, and really, really useful. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned more than I expected uh, as we were building it, especially from the guest videos. I have to say, looking at the interviews too, and like being a part of that process, honestly, and for me, I think also like having um, ADD or ADHD inattentive, which I don't particularly love that label, but I, I came out of them and a few of us commented that the participants doing the interviews, I said they would have gotten the job over me. If I was in there interviewing, they were just so <laughs> succinct. They were fat. I'm a terrible interview, which is probably why I run my own company because nobody would hire me. Um, but uh, but no, they were they were phenomenal. <laughs> so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, interviews are really hard. Like you get, I, I have the same opinion about interviews as I do like pitch competitions like you only have this short window to showcase everything mm -hmm. about yourself and to sell yourself and I am not good talking about myself I will avoid every opportunity to talk about myself um because I'm just terrible at it but I, I think you know you only learn to get better at it with practice and that's why I find you know mock interviews and stuff to be very very beneficial uh, to not only your career, but also your self-confidence as you're kind of getting into it, because it's, it is not easy and it's definitely something you learn with time. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Uh, and I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Emma. Mm -hmm. sorry. I, it's, it's a funny thing where there's this really common question that came up uh, in some of the interviews and certainly from the participants of basically how much do, of myself do I bring to work? And in any given workplace, my experience at least has been that you can suss it out when you get on the ground. You learn the corporate culture of wherever you're working and you learn which 
in, in in like in some companies I've worked for, I have hidden a lot of myself, and in some companies I've been really open and. As you work in a place, you get the opportunity to make those decisions. But an interview is uh, you don't have that time. So you have to sort of decide before you go, how open are you going to be? And uh, because we have this big, <laughs> there's this big scary thing where people really don't like being surprised. So uh, I've gotten the advice before, mm -hmm. like, why would you tell your employer that you're queer at the interview? That's just, that's, that's silly. Well, because if if you find out later that they are uh, not inclusive about their hiring and you've hidden that you are this person that they would not have hired, then they are going to like that's going to be a terrible situation for you to be in. So sometimes I do want to weed myself out of a job interview. Sometimes I, I want someone to say no, because I don't want to work for someone like that. So it's a question of, okay, how, how gay should I be in this interview? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, somebody like Nova Scotia Power said, self-identify, we encourage it. We, you know, they said we celebrate diversity and I know, like for me, it's like, I just feel like nobody, nobody deserves to be invisible. Nobody should ever have to experience that isolation and feeling like they're not being seen. And I think, you know, with Thrive, part of the inspiration behind wanting to create something like this was, you know, as with a lot of what I do came from my own, my own family and seeing my own, my own son who is transgender but also my daughter who is uh, neurodivergent and um the barriers that exist sometimes you just can't even get in the door for those um interview processes and after uh covid i had talked to a few professionals in the neighborhood who you know because their sin number doesn't hasn't updated with their gender marker you know i wanted to ensure that they were you know they were still under 16 that they could go in somewhere that was going to be inclusive and so i asked a few professional friends like you know would you hire you know uh, even bring them in as a volunteer and see if they would work out and and if so keep them on if not let them go. They won't know any different. And uh, they said, well, you know, teens are so awkward. They don't have enough experience, customer service. You know, I don't have time right now to invest. I'm so stressed after COVID as a small business owner. I just need to keep going. And that's where I'm like, okay, we need to empower. We need to help empower so that these participants can walk in the door and, you know, and, and with confidence and be able to shine, and, you know, and because, because it has been harder for, for them, you know, the LGBTQ plus community during COVID with no hobbies on their resumes, lack of sports and working and all of that, you know, this is a way that, you know, we're just helping them pack up their, inter their, their resume uh, with uh, some, you know, some great skills and tools, hopefully to get them to the top of the resume pile. Yeah. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say like, teenagers are awkward and all over the place and they can't they don't have the same work ethics as mm -hmm. you know someone in their 20s or 30s or what have you but people in their 20s or 30s well <laughs> beyond that I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when I look at job opportunities and it's like requires master's degree requires you know <laughs> 10 years of experience so then off the bat if you're if people aren't willing to hire teenagers then they're hiring someone who's in their 30s now with a master's degree 
and then you look at the pay and it's like $15 an hour. <laughs> it's like, right. Ooh, okay. This is where we're at. So, you know, where do you think people are going to be getting that 10 years of experience or that five years or two years of experience before they hit the age of 25, they're going to have to work in their teens. Um, and it just creates more barriers on top of the intersections of people's identities that limits them from getting jobs in the first place. Um, and I, I find too, as like a queer person myself, one of the biggest difficulties is a lot of people in their teams, their first few volunteering experiences outside of probably like sports and things like that are often with their GSAs, their gender sexuality alliances at their school. And a lot of youth struggle to put that on their resume because that, you know, Right. shouldn't automatically out them but in a lot of instances it does um because of course cis straight people can attend gsas um so it's 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 a tricky it's a tricky yeah. balancing act um but uh like just off what everyone has been saying you know you really i like uh, emma saying you have to suss it out when you get on the ground <laughs> and figure out you know where where people stand and if and if they don't include you in that conversation then don't waste your time you know like just politely walk away say don't think this is the right fit for me and find another opportunity if you can um and there's no shame in also putting your head down and silently working and hiding your identity to make sure that you can take care of yourself and your family whenever mm -hmm. um bills and such you have to pay because i think we're all kind of in that position right now where you just got to get on the ground, get that experience, and then you can launch your career, so. Well, I was at the Halifax Chamber of Commerce fall dinner uh, last week, and they were talking about how, you know, well, the importance of celebrating diversity and recognizing how, you know, you know, the diverse voices bring so much more value. You know, you don't want to be working and creating a, an employment structure that is an echo chamber. Um, if you really want to, you know, thrive as an organization. And, and they talked about, you know, the importance of since COVID, um, people are really reevaluating how they work and where they work. And um, the culture of belonging has become much more important, I think, to people than, than uh, what it has in the past. And people are being, you know, rightfully choosy and ensuring that where they are working, it's a culture of inclusivity and feeling like they belong versus the fit you know, and it's like, it's no longer, is it, you need to fit in here. It's like, do, do we all belong here? And I think that's, you know, uh, something that is really important to all of us and what we do through all of our work, but, um, you know, hopefully employers are getting it as well. And then, uh, participants are realizing that you do have more power, you know, now in coming into a job, uh, and being able to kind of do your research and find out like, are you going to be able to thrive here and, and be happy here? So it's great. And uh, we're all going to be together again in January, which is so nice because uh, so we all work remotely and uh, see each other virtually a few times a week. But uh, we uh, simply and some of us, us have never met. <laughs> uh, right. I know. And so we all are, we are meeting at a really exciting event on January 26th. So watch this space where we're We've been nominated for New Business of the Year Award by the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. And so Simply Good Form will be having a table and possibly even two by the sounds of it. So um, this will be a really, a really great, I think, time for all of us just to come together as a team and celebrate because it has been a huge, just a transformational year, I think, for us as a whole. Uh, in growth and yeah. uh, and connecting. We've gone national with a lot of our clients, uh, which has been great. And 
as we mentioned, you know, connecting communities, you know, this podcast has really, you know, been possible on this level due to uh, the thanks with uh, support from TD Bank Group. So before we wrap up the last episode of HASIS for 2022, I just want to thank you on behalf of the team here at Simply Good Forum. I personally have had the great pleasure of being on the team for almost three years now and has been incredible to watch our consultancy grow into what it is today and learn alongside our community. Without your support, the Hey Says podcast would not be where it is today. And on behalf of Simply Good Form, happy holidays, and we look forward to seeing you in 2023. That's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. The conversation doesn't have to stop here, though. If you would like to get in touch with us to ask us a question or share your story on a future episode, you can email us at connect at simplygoodform.com or visit us on our website at www.haysis.com. 